Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. It must be 7 o'clock on Wednesday night because we're here talking. We're talking about the favorite subject of Adam Sunholder, my co-host, and me, Jack Mancini. We're talking about the, 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 the subjects of little, small businesses. <laughs> 1 to 25, 1 to 25 people. Now, what we're doing, it's, it's, that's what we do during the day jobs. We're business coaches, Adam and I. We've been doing business coaching for over 25 years. And the kind of things we generally coach, coach is small businesses. Defined as 1 to 25 employees. Any business, regardless of what it is, we can coach it. And usually we can coach it to successful outcomes. Now... We have a lot of fun doing this stuff, and a lot of people don't do it. They don't do it well. <clears throat> and one of the things we're going to talk about tonight is a very common, well, many. We've been doing this for so long that most things are common to us in small business. But this one is kind of a mixed bag. <clears throat> How do you talk about the language of business? So you're a small, small business. I don't care what it is. It could be a baker. It could be a manufacturing company could be anything. You know, how the heck, if I were to ask you, I just met you, hey, Adam, tell me about your business. How do you talk about that? And what would you say? How would you describe that? <laughs> Let's talk business, right? Let's that's talk a, business. That's a phrase we talk about a lot. Before we get to that, you know, <clears throat> we're on a kick here this week of, of your multiples and divisions of two. So we've been together 16 years now. It's, quite, it's not 25 years. Wow. Okay, not 25? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> It'll be there I eventually. Say, did, I, did I say 25? <laughs> you did. That's all right. Oh, man. We're not I gonna, on those We're going to do I'm a fact. We're gonna, we're, we'll, we'll do fact checks along the way. We, we don't wait to the end of the show to do fact checks. We, we kind of do it along the way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, talking business. Bring them on, Adam. Talk Bring them on. Talking business, and we're here on the dirty secrets of small business, Jack. So we're talking <laughs> about business all the wait, time. Wait, did I get that one right? I don't know. Did you say that? I think I did. There you go. I got all that one right. right. Good. So... Part of the dirty secrets is to, is to reveal and, and and dive into and talk about these things. And part of our part of our our uh, our show tonight is going down a trip down memory lane for for Jack and I, and we'll and we'll share this as we kind of get into the show here. In terms of a lot of mistakes we made early on when we were talking business, but not recognizing that the business we were talking or the the, the language of business that we were talking wasn't the language of the small business. That's correcto. Okay. That's a big, big difference. So, because yeah, it seems simple, right? Let's talk. Let's talk business. Everybody should be able to be able to talk business. And if you want to talk business, there's lots of ways to do that. But the easiest way is you can dial this number to either call or text. Either one works. It's four four zero nine four six nine four six eight. Again, four four zero nine four six nine four six eight. You can text or call that number. Scotty's sitting by. He's working the boards tonight for us. If you're nice to him, he might let you on the air. If not, he'll probably screen you and, and, and make sure you get to ask the question. But if you want to comment on that or share, or if you have some business that, that you'd like to talk about. But where we were going with this, and you know, we used to do things a certain way that, that just wasn't very successful. Okay, And it's, uh, it's easy to talk different languages, Jack. You know, had a little... Um, one of the, the, the hidden costs, for those of you who have never bought a house before, one of the hidden costs is, is window treatments, right? 
Well, things that people don't tell you about, you know. So when, when we built our house you know, almost 20 years ago, that was that was one of those hidden costs. Anyway, we had a guy that came over. He's the blind man. That's the name of the name of his business, right? Hey, that's a good business. I never heard of that, but that's very clever. It's a great name, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And so I, I told, uh, so, I, so I had to call, I had to call uh, the blind man. We had a little issue with, with one of our, with one of our blinds, and, and uh, Lynn is his name. And, and you really, uh, you really, you're gonna say he really was blind. No, right? that's what, that's what happened. So I, 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 t- I told my 12 year old daughter, I said, hey, I called the blind man. He's coming over. Well, how's he getting here? Click, he's click. driving. <laughs> well, how's he driving? He's blind. I said, no, no, no. He's not, <laughs> not blind. He's the blind. See these blinds that are here. Anyway, so I was trying to explain to. To, to Lynn what, what was wrong, he said, hey, can you take a picture of the back of the valance? Okay. So I grabbed a couple of clips that were on there, and I took pictures of those and sent them to him. He goes, no, it's not the valance. Those are, those are the, the clips. Get the valance. I'm like, what's the valance? Right? I don't know what a valance is. So I had to Google what, what a valance was. I saw, I saw, oh, it's this. That's okay. This is what we were talking about. Okay, I got, <laughs> I got a photo of this. So Lynn and I were talking different language. He was talking the language of blinds, right? And I was, unfortunately, I was kind of blind to what that, or deaf to what that language meant. I had to, I had to get some clarity here, right? So I think day to day, we often go through our days talking past each other, okay? And, and business is no different. And most of us don't have the confidence or the courage to raise our hand and say, I'm confused. Stop. I'm not, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Because we're afraid of looking silly. It doesn't biggest, matter what topic you're talking biggest, about. That's the biggest reason for, for drawing back. I don't want to look silly. I don't want to look stupid. Isn't that in and of itself silly and stupid? <laughs> it is. I mean, you, if you have it on your mind, you should be able to get it out in any meeting. You can do it tactfully or otherwise, but you should be able to get it out without problems. This preponderance and and worrying about about saying the wrong thing in a group. Most people think are thinking that anyway. They're usually relieved when somebody comes out and says what they have on their mind. It's so true, too, because I know when I'm you're talking about valences and, and taking a picture of the back of the valence, at any point in time, I mean, that's that's what you want. You want just a visual or some way to adapt and kind of be in unison with each other and, and any way to communicate with whatever the topic is. You even talk about valence. It could be sports. It could be radio. It could be politics. It could be whatever. But business is what we're talking about here. Right. And bi- getting down to business, the nitty-gritty, and, and learning the ins and outs between everybody and communications huge point of that yes, priorities is. priorities you have to have your priorities aligned and you guys have gotten to where you are today because you've had your priorities set and you've escalated this mountain too that is so correct it's, though it's really scott cool, I... cool stuff so yeah so when we when we're going on our, our, our memory lane here we're talking about the business side of stuff here's what we used to do so we'd meet with somebody we'd meet with an owner as jack was talking about we most of our clients are clients with anywhere from one to 25 employees so we'd meet with the owners we have a good initial couple discussions, and part of the, the, the process would be, hey, you know, let Jack and I talk about, about you after the meeting, and then assuming we're, we have some interest, feel that there's some good, good chemistry here, good possibilities here, what we'll do is we'll follow up with you, and we'll send you a, a list of stuff we, we'd like you to pull together for us, just, just some simple stuff to pull together, give us a little more information about the company, and then we can get back together again and kind of talk about a plan of attack. And everybody said, hey, it sounds like a great idea, great idea. Let's do that. Well, keep in mind now, the people we're talking about, most aren't fancy pants people. You know, if you've been listening to this show, we don't like fancy pants people. 
We like down-to-earth people. Many may have never gone to college, and that's fine with us. Uh, many have not talked uh, the corporate boardroom with the suits and ties. That's fine with us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, the, the audience that, that receives what Adam's talking about is the kind of audience that we love. And so when you're talking business, business speak in a boardroom, the boardroom language and decorum is totally different than, you know, having a hot dog and talking over the day's uh, problems here. So we would, we would, you know, so in the case we'd have a good, good discussion with the owner, Jack and I would talk about it. We said, we'd send him this, this letter and we usually would send it via email or right, as opposed to the actual letter, but the, the, the letter would be laid out and it was a, a letter that would request, for some reason we had, we had, we had 11 things on there, Jack, you know, uh, you know, usually people have a top 10 or something like that. We, we took this one to 11. It's much like spinal tap. You know, this one goes to 11, you know, if you can crank it up an extra notch. We, was, we had, we had 11 things that were here. And I think to your point, Jack, the, 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 the founding of this is more from our corporate days, so more kind of the, the corporate boardroom days, as well as you know, given our backgrounds, too, in terms of somebody going in to, to, to do some diligence on a company, right? going in to, to, to investigate what the company's all about. There's some things that you would ask about, right? So let me just kind of start going through this a little bit and kind of give you a sense of where there might have been some confusion, because what, what, would, what would happen... We'd send this letter off, and again, keep in mind, this letter would only go to somebody after we had good initial discussions. We felt good about them. They felt good about us, and we sent them this letter. Is this kind of a next step? And in, inevitably, we would have a lot of radio silence after this letter went out. Emails, phone calls, texts, whatever it was, to try to get a hold of somebody, and all of a sudden they aren't, they aren't returning our calls. <clears throat> it's what's known in, in modern millennial terms as ghosting somebody, Jack. Okay. Ghosting something means, means you aren't, aren't responding to something, right? So okay. So let me give you a sense. Okay. So we have number one, number one on the list. Financial statements for the last three years. So I'm trying to picture no, every, people. Every business, every small business has that information, don't they? So I'm trying to picture this, Jack. So here we are. You and I are partners in a small business. Uh, let's say you're the numbers guy, right? Or you're the guy taking care of the books. You're taking care of the, the, the administrative stuff that I don't want to deal with because I'm the, I'm the product visionary guy, and I'm kind of out there doing some sales, and I throw it all back in here and run back out again. So I'm coming to you and say, hey, Jack, I, I met, met these couple of really good guys, and they sent me a list of stuff. And the first thing on the list there is, is financial statements for the last three years. And I'm not, I'm not sure what, what they're asking for. Do they, do they want, like, our, our tax returns? Is that what you – know, I'm trying to think – I don't know what the, the financial statements are. We haven't really looked at those. Is what, it, are, what are our financial well, statements, Adam? Well, maybe we, gotta, maybe we should call our CPA. Well, is it, is it the bank statements? <laughs> maybe, that's probably, You know what? They probably want to know how we operate the business, Jack. They probably want to just get a sense of what kind of cash we have in the bank and, and if they look. But, man, three three years. What, what, what they want, like 36 bank statements? Yeah, boy, I, I'm not sure what they want. You know, let me, let, let me go to number two here. So I, I got questions on number one there. Number two, organization chart. Scotty, what do you think hey, of an organization every, chart? What, what kind of thing would an organization chart be? So it's organizationally, you want to you know talk about what you have going on in your business, all the steps, all the the facets that you have from from every every point, every every possibility. And you talk about the financial statement. That's not just monetary. There's there's things that lead up to it. There's there's notes. There's a lot of decisions in all state stated organizationally everything laid out almost like a like a plan your plan is set 
you have this financial plan or you have an organizational plan. Everything is all planned. It's all documented. And so when you have an issue, you can refer back to your notes. Everything is documenting. I actually just talked to Ron about some things that I, I'm starting to document for board hopping. Everybody has documentation of everything that they have going on in their lives and in their jobs and with their family. So yeah, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is good insight. See, part of the reason why we're inviting Scotty into some of these discussions here because Scotty's going to represent for us what a lot of these owners are in terms of, again, you know, Scotty, you're what, 24, 25? 27. 27, all right. You're graduating from college now. You know, I am. Had some, business, yep. some experience in the business world. <laughs> Definitely. But, again, still learning in terms of stuff and, and, and bridging that gap between what you learn in school and what and what, what the real world is. It's good exactly. to kind of get a, a sense of that. So sure. organization chart, what, what we're talking about, I think one of the ways people may have misinterpreted it too, they're thinking about a corporate structure, right, maybe – well, we have an organization and we got some stuff kind of going on here. Or, you know, we are a corporation or not, or what's going on. At the end of the day, what we're looking for here is an organ. In our mind, an organization chart we thought was common language was here's how the, the organization structured in terms of the people side of it, right? I got an owner or a president at the top. I got some of my key lieutenants who are there, and I got some folks who are, who are handling production. I got some folks who are in charge of marketing and sales, and folks who are in charge of taking care of the books or taking care of HR. Those kind of things. That's they're all they're all they're represented all, by a box, right? And it's it's a it's a visual thing. And again, so hold on. So let me let, let, let me go to let me go to number three. Again, I want to touch on this before we we get to our first break for a second. I want to schedule of meetings. And, and when my wife saw this last night, she goes, "You're asking for a schedule of meetings? What, what are you talking about? Right?" You know, we have, we have in here we have weekly or monthly or quarterly and and in addition to that you know for you know scheduled meetings for the year with agendas right yes. again everybody everybody has this stuff Jack don't they I mean that's that's where again as far it's, as I'm concerned that's right so we have Jack and I coming from our big corporate background saying well this is how we run companies and stuff like that right this is what we would do and then I think what happens so again I'm all, I'm only to number three here if I get to number four and I'll I'll, I'll go back to these things in a second I think number four probably killed it for everybody Jack number four is Corporate forming records and minutes. That does what? kill them. That does kill them all, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I wrote a note next to that one, Jack. It's, huh? Like, I, I don't what? even, I haven't met a small business owner that has formal corporate records and minutes. So, well, maybe, maybe a three ring notebook with a few uh, significant items, but for the most part, no. They don't know what that is. They don't, they don't run business like that. Two different worlds, parallel worlds. All right, so this is the this is the first four. We, 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 yeah, so it's so, so this is our first four, and I got I got seven more here. What, 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 what I want to spend some of the time today is I want to go back and talk about some of these, and we'll delve into exactly what we're talking about because part of the part of the, the, the purpose of the show here today is to be able to explain a little more what the language of business needs to be, and it shouldn't be that big of a disconnect between a big corporation and a small company. And we got to have a, a common language to be able to kind of talk about. So we'll, we'll get into that as well as a story of that really kind of was an epiphany for us and how we got past all this stuff. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. I'm Jack Mancini, and we would love to hear your text. Well, you can't can, you can't hear a text, can you? We'd love <laughs> to dings. hear your phone call and, and uh, see your text, 440-946-9468. Uh, either one. That number will get you a text or it'll get you a phone call to one of us. That's right. All right. We got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. All right, all right, all right. Well, 
Welcome back. We're here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm your co-host, Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. All right, we're talking tonight, we're talking about business and how do you talk business, and we're taking a little stroll down memory lane here for, for Jack and I. We're sharing in the first segment an example or some, some of the pieces that were part of a letter that we would send to prospects. As part of our, our sales process, you work people through the sales funnel, we have different steps. Initial meetings kind of happen, and then we start to request some information, and we, we started running into some brick walls here during, well, our, during our process. We're, we're big corporate guys, Adam. We knew... We knew pretty much what should work and what shouldn't. This is how marketing programs, this is how accounting, this is how, this is how, this is how these things should work. So we, we collaborated and said, okay, let's do project number one. I don't know well, which one you have there. but Well, we did, we did what a lot of people do. We talk about it a lot, Jack, which is negotiating with yourself or talking to yourself. And so, when, yeah, when you and I were talking, we're, we're in our own little bubble of our world in terms of what we, what we saw. And what happened was we had an epiphany, okay? And... The epiphany came as part of some training that I was actually in, and I was going through some sales training. And the epiphany that happened, I mean, it was in the first, I think, first five minutes of the training. This was a day-long training. But the first five minutes, what the the trainer was talking about, the epiphany went off that we were making it too difficult for people to buy from us. Uh, Hear that? Let me say that again. We were were making it too difficult for people to buy from us. No question. Now, how silly is that? It sounds so simple and so easy to do, and I know many of you listening might be doing the same thing, where, you, where you're making it too difficult for people to be able to buy your product or service. So where this happened, again, here I am in training, and I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for the first break in the training, because what, what, what I wanted to do is I wanted to call one of these people that we just met with and sent this letter to, and we're having trouble getting, you know, getting responses from them. So during the first break, I went outside. It was a nice, beautiful July day, out in the parking lot, dial the phone, call this woman up. I said, hey. Adam, I only got about two minutes. I'm, I'm in some training this week. I said, you know that paper we gave you with the request for information? She goes, yeah, I, I, I got it right here. I said, you know what? Tear that thing up. Throw it in the garbage. There was a pause. And then all of a sudden there was a big, big sigh, big sigh of relief. What was happening, what was happening? Out of these 11 things, Jack, and we only touched on the first four. We'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the other seven here in a second. Out of these 11 things, what we discovered was, and the, the, the epiphany was, not only did most of them not have these things at their fingertips, they didn't even understand what we were asking them for, for the most part here, right? And as I was starting to review what was going on, and, and look at this, we probably should have started our list, Jack, with number five, because that's usually a good way to start. You asked you know, for the opening question here, you said about talking business, what, what does that look like? Our question five, or our, our request number five here, Jack, was, can you provide us a description of your products or services? Which is where people usually start, right? That's right. Took Tell- us a while to learn that, but that's where they start. That's what they love. That's what they know. <laughs> right. The other gobbledygook, depending on where they come from and where their training and exposure was, they don't know any of that stuff. But instead of but starting... we didn't know that, did we? Well, no. Well, this is made by... Your point, this is made by us, Jack. So for those of you who, who are new to the show, you know, both... My background and Jack's background are more financial and accounting oriented. That's how we, how we look at the world. That's how we look at businesses. And you can learn a lot through, through the financials. So we started with financials as number one, Jack, because that was most important to us. Not, again, not being in touch with, with our market and what was kind of going on. We were talking corporate speak to them. And, again, it's, that's a foreign language to them. Now we've translated that into suits and ties. 
And whenever we see suits and ties, we usually, the, the fur on our back starts to rise <laughs> and we start to get a little upset because we know it's not going to be usually, usually, not always, but usually it's not going to be a pleasant uh, few minutes uh, talking because we're, we're miles apart. We don't get it. Most utterances from the suits and ties will be exactly the things you're talking about right now, Adam. So as, I'm, so as I'm looking at, at the 11 things we asked for, Jack, that, that fifth one there, which should have been the first one, the description of your products and services is probably the one that they all understood, okay, and probably could have answered. Let me touch it again. I, I want to go through these, and we'll, we'll come back, So I want to kind of give some, some details in terms of what we're doing. So number six, explanation of how you establish your selling price, okay? <laughs> so, so again, knowing what we know now, it, it's fun to kind of look back on this stuff, but how do you set your selling price? So it's usually probably, again come probably back. one out of a hundred have a even an inkling. Well, most don't. Give give, give people a little, our mind. Well, give, give people a little perspective, Jack. Okay, so for those of you who don't know Jack's background, you know, early in his career he was part of you know, bigger corporations, and he was he was the head of what was known as the pricing committee. Okay, Jack. So can you can, can you can you paint a picture in a minute or two, kind of what a a typical pricing a pricing committee? Okay, again, we're asking about how you set your selling price. Big and, company had yeah had. Thousands of products, and the, the the question came down to, well, how do you set selling price for these these products, these thousands of companies or thousands of products? So, I was I was chairman of the pricing committee, among other things, a vice president with this company, and I would convene our pricing meeting day. Usually, it would be once a month because we rolled on a lot of new products and rolled them out. And I would bring in the marketing salespeople, put them in one side in this very sizable room, and the manufacturing engineering people and the accountants on the other side. And just like game shows, you know, we'd open the first envelope with the price with the respective size of of uh, people, basically determining they they put in their price blind to the other side and. And the other side will put in air prices. And sometimes they'd be miles apart, like the price is right. And sometimes they'd be right on the nose. Now, wait, would you open these things up, Jack, or would you be like Karnak, that magnificent? Exactly. Put it to your, put it to your head. I, you I you to knew it was in there. I try to do a lot of stuff. I try to do a lot of stuff. All right. But we we'd basically uh, would do that with the idea that we would have the best guesses, the best workups of prices with the various expertise we had in the room. They do it blind for each other versus just go out and copy someone else's prices out there without any any thought about what what costs are involved with our company versus somebody else. But nobody knows. Not nobody. But so many people do not understand how to set selling prices. So that's a very complex way of doing it. But I think the way the, the in the small business world, here's how they may, may summarize that, Jack, right? What's the competition charging? So I'll do a little bit of market research. What's the competition charging? Second yeah. thing is going to be, well, hey, what are people willing to pay for this? Right? Well, that goes into the marketing discussion. See, each side would try to sell each other. And those are the kind of facts that start to come up in a meeting like that. But a small business owner, to your point, Adam, he or she's going to go look at uh, the bakery's uh, offerings today and see what prices are going on or look at TV or look at uh, some type of uh, visual today to see what kinds of prices prices are laid out there. Not cost plus margins plus uh -oh. markups plus 
hold on. We we have lots of those discussions, right? I know. We have we had a lot of discussions. Right. I think we we talked about it even on the air a, a few times, Jack. The whole markup versus margin discussion. Okay, and that's a that's a that's a different discussion. But that's where people often, in terms of when they're setting their selling price, they would mark. You know, they they, they look for a certain margin and, and they would mark up. It's, you know, we we're going to get, get we won't get into that tonight. But the idea of of, of marking up versus margin to create a price, we aren't hearing that kind of sophisticated discussions usually from the small business folks. It's again. Hey, what are people willing to pay? And it's usually just it's market tested. Hey, we 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 had that product for sale for eight dollars, and they raised it to, to nine dollars, and people kept on buying it, right? And then we raised it ten dollars, and they stopped buying it. So we we brought it back down to to, to nine. Again, it's it's a lot of strategy, a lot of thinking. If it's done right, and quite frankly, if it's done right, it's a lot of fun too. All right. So again, how they establish, they kind of say, "Well, I'm not sure how to, how to respond," and assuming they even got to that. Jack, I'm gonna guess most of them probably stopped at, at number like four. What? That's right. Right. I, I would agree. But with that. it's a very, very strategic thing. If if your pricing is wrong, or your margins or your markup is wrong, all of a sudden what you think you're making in terms of profit is very different from what actually is going to happen. And people wonder why they may be struggling with cash flow or profits or what's going you know what's going on. How about this one? The no, no, number seven, Jack, was details of how you sell. Your products or services. <laughs> That's what we wanted to know from a small business owner. Right, right. So I put a little comment next to that, Jack, which is again, these, my comments are now more educated about how things, uh, how the owners will think these days. Which is, well, we sell them to people who, who want to buy them, right? And that that would probably be their response. I mean, you know, it's not a more complex things in terms of what they kind of go through, but they aren't able to necessarily maybe articulate how that all goes. But again, it's, we're selling to people who want to buy it, Jack. I mean, it doesn't need more complex than that, does it? And we would often take that as a smart-ass answer. No, not really. <laughs> that's what they're looking for. So, all right, so that's that's the seventh one. We gotta, we gotta, we're up against our, our next break here. i got four more, and then we'll kind of get into it. We'll, we'll add some more clarity in terms of what we're looking to, to really ask for here to help you understand how do you talk business. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're waiting for those texts and phone calls. 440-946-9468. I'm sorry, 946-9468. Hey, stay tuned. We've got more Dirty Secrets coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. Right, right, right. Welcome back. So I'm your co-host, Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, Adam Sonhalter's co-host. There we go. And tonight we're talking business, and we're trying to help educate you about how do you talk business. And we're taking a trip down memory lane in terms of some of the things that Jack and I used to do as we're trying to engage with small business owners to help them when we were doing our coaching business and how we kept on stumbling over ourselves and how we were talking a totally different language. In our minds, it was a language of business. But it's a very different language when it comes to small business. So we've kind of gone through the first seven of the 11 things that, that, that we, we asked for. I'll, I'll touch on the next four here. And then we'll, we'll start to go back through to give you a little more detail what we mean by those things. But um, number eight we have down here, Jack, is summary of your markets. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the second one I put, huh? They all, next yeah, <laughs> all, all these small business owners absolutely that's not, that's one of the top priorities in much of their data gathering so 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 describe for us what your markets look like right very closely followed by that is number 9 jack which is a copy of your marketing plan 
Oh yeah, also equally. And and my my, my comment next to that is, well, we don't we don't do any marketing. How often do we hear that? I don't think we really do any marketing here, Jack. We're we just... probably, uh, you know, three out of five will, will say that. They don't understand, but they don't talk that game. We, to us, it was just so second nature. Ultimately, we, we teach them, but so many of them still don't like to use that language. Right. It's just, it's foreign to them. And you got to live in the environment and preach it and, and exercise it and, you know, use it. But... Most people aren't going to think and talk like that. All right, so they're not feeling good about that. And if they get to number 10, number 10 is is your profit plan, or we put it in the word budget for those who people used to it. So your profit plan or your budget for the year. And my comment on this was, well, our, our plans to make money this year. That's, that's, that's kind of where they're at, right? Or maybe the, the, the better ones are, hey, we have a sales goal. Or, or, but it's not a plan. It's a, hey, if we did a million dollars last year, our goal this year is to do you know 1.1 or 1.2 million because we, we want to grow. That's kind of put out there as a as a goal. And if you say, okay, well, tell me what's part of that 1.1 million. Well, what do you mean? That's, that's, I told you, that's, that's what our plan. Our plan is to do 1.1 million. <laughs> that's, and that's, that's it. it. Doesn't break down, that's, doesn't. That's the depth of it, right? Okay. But the real question is, how do they get there? Well, that's the thing. So the, part of the thing is, we're, we're assuming all these things are happening somehow. And how, and how does it happen? So the 11th and final, this is the, this is the capper, Jack. I think this is probably what, 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 what put the final nail in our coffin with, with, with some of these folks, which is. The description of key management reports, right? <laughs> key management reports. Now keep in mind what Adam is reading are 11, 11 items that we asked our brand new small business client for information. So here we'd like we'd like you to answer these eleven questions here, and when we meet you again, we're going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just sort of stared and gave a dutiful smile and had no friggin' idea what we were talking about. None. Now we were very nice. Blow this list, Jack. I have a nice little sentence here. Please, and this is this is bolded and and italicized. Please, don't go to any trouble to prepare anything if it's not already available. Just pull together what you have, and we will go from there. Right. So what are they oh. pulling? What are they pulling together? Right. So as, as I read through this again, if you're if you're keeping score at home here, I read through eleven of them. I think. Everybody could agree number five they could probably do, which is a description of the product and services. So one out of the 11, I think they were probably good on, Jack. That's right. And then the other 10? <laughs> no, if they, if they challenge us today, we say, okay, even today, after all these years, try and do it again. And they still don't do it because they don't talk like that. That's not how small business owners talk. A little bit. It might get mixed up in, in conversation once in a while. But that's corporate speak. You want to get into politics, you want to get into all this other stuff. That's one of the great divides here. You know, uh, professional organizations just become, I'll use the word, more sophisticated and create their own language. And that, that stays with them while they're in that environment, but it certainly doesn't apply to the small business world. And quite frankly, you don't need it. Right. It overcomplicates things. So let me, let's, let's spend a little time going, kind of going back through this list again, Jack, and kind of give folks a little insight in terms of what we were asking for and try to bridge this gap between that big corporate talk in terms of big corporate talk of business and what it means for a small business. And so I start with the first, the first one we had there, which was the financial statements for the last three years. Now, we're giving a talk tomorrow about this a little bit, Jack, right? Yeah, a little bit, All right. And what we're going to do is we're breaking it down. And, and when we talk about the financial statements, here's what the financial statements are, folks. So when you have your accounting software, for, for most of you who are small business owners, it's probably going to be something like QuickBooks. 
Uh, but you may have something else. But again, your, your accounting software, you should be able to print off for the for your, you know for your latest period or your your latest year or today, whatever it might be. You should be able to print off from a financial statement standpoint. You care about a couple things. One is your balance sheet. Two is your what's known as your profit and loss statement, your P and L, your income statements. It's all, it's all meaning the same thing. So a balance sheet, a profit and loss statement, and a cash and a cash flow statement. <laughs> really, we care more about the balance sheet and the profit and loss to start with. So you can go, you literally go in. There's a report section in, in your accounting system. You can look for, a, a, you know, again, it's either we call it a balance sheet. It's usually what it's called or something else. But then it, uh, either a profit and loss or an income statement to be able to show what's kind of going on. And if somebody knows what they're looking at for those things, if you give them and present to them and, and give them a copy of your balance sheet and, and their profit and loss statement, you can learn a lot about what's going on in the business in terms of what's you know what's going well, what's not going well, <laughs> you know to know if, if the numbers look good or don't look good. What you know what does that mean? But again, to have those financial statements and part of what we do with the training with our clients is help them get into the routine of regularly reviewing those, regularly being every month. Okay, and the, and the idea is you want to look at your current period. So here we are in, in late February. If you're going to re- review financials for this year. Okay, let's assume that February is done. We can look at what happened for January and February. Now, what you don't want to do is just look at it necessarily in a vacuum. You want to compare it to something. It usually helps to give give some perspective on stuff. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good thing, and that's a good habit that was brought over from the suits and ties world, having monthly financial reviews. That way you don't run into you know deep caves here and find yourself surprised for not being able to pay taxes, not being able to pay certain vendors or even your employees. It's very important to understand that. Yeah, and, and the P&L we find, Jack, is the one that people usually are the most comfortable with. That's the one that starts with the top line, which is sales or revenue or income, whatever it might be. That's what they usually will say. Here's the, here's the money coming in from your, from your customers. you got a list of all your expenses, so all the monies that are going out, and then at the end of the day, you subtract those expenses from your, from your sales, and you have hopefully a profit left over, right? So you had a million dollars in sales, you had 900000 in expenses, you had a profit of 100000 Okay, that'd be a nice-looking P&L. Hey, you know, for you know, every dollar we sold, we kept $0.10 cents and put it, put it in our pocket. Not too bad. Not too bad. Certainly better than the opposite. You, you, you've told stories over the years, Jack, about companies that, that you went and bought, and the one had $20 million in sales, nice, big, healthy top line, right? But they were losing a million dollars, right? So $20 million positive that was coming in, but to get that, we, we, were, we were losing a million bucks. You shrunk it down to five million in sales, and that one million loss turned to one million in profit. That's right. Right. So, so how'd you do that? Well, you went in and you looked at the numbers. You're, you're looking at the financials to start to kind of guide those. You things. model. You model the plan. You you create a plan, then you model it with, with proven f- number formats. You right. know the, the uh, expense categories and how they're labeled and what they mean and. And even how do they get there? How does the report come about? You know, the organization chart will, you know, you you well, you know the drill. Yeah. Well, so we, so the, the financials, again, so the, the P&L is one people are most comfortable with. The second one is, is the balance sheet. Now, people maybe not be as comfortable going through a balance sheet, but there are parts and pieces of it that I guarantee you probably deal with on a daily, if not weekly basis. The first thing you see on a balance sheet will be cash. So I know you as an owner, chances are you're logging in every day or very frequently to see what the cash balance is in the bank. Or you're looking in your accounting system, if, if you're a little more sophisticated, to see what does it show as cash balance. So usually you'll start there with cash balance. You may also be looking at something that's very close to that, which is the accounts receivable, right? AR, right? And, and, and looking who, who owes you money. I mean, many of the owners are very, are very familiar with that, too. That's on the balance sheet. Well, the flip side of that is, well, who do you owe money to? 
the accounts payable side of stuff, right? Or maybe you have some debts. So there are pieces and parts of the balance sheet that you might be looking at on a, on a somewhat regular basis, but you may not be looking at it as a whole and seeing what's there. But to be able to do that on a, on a regular basis and to do it, as I was mentioning before, to, to, to not do it in a vacuum where it's just by itself, but show it compared to something, right? So if I'm looking at a balance sheet as of today, you know, f- February 27th of 2019, well, let me compare it to, to maybe what was going on in January. Let me look at last February to see where things were. How, the, are things trending in the right way? Or, you know, are we... If we're growing the company, you expect to see certain things. But it gives you some perspective to kind of see what was kind of going on. So we're asking for those things. Is that for us? If I have, if Jack or I have financials for a company, we can get a sense of what's going on very, very quickly. And people are often surprised how you can ask questions about stuff. Well, because we've seen thousands of these, and so we know what it's telling us. We know if they're good or not so good in terms of how they're how they're presented. Yeah, we know the underlying the underlying rules of. How you report this stuff and how it enters into the ultimate statements that you're looking at. It's very important to do. You just can't wing it and and be credible. You just can't. So even when we would explain it to people, Jack, usually what would happen is that they were embarrassed to, to, to show to show us their, their financials um, because often they weren't up to date. Or they were a mess. They had they had things in the wrong place, and you know you got you know, things categorized wrong, or I got things that are negatives that should be positives, or vice versa. Right? I mean, just they weren't they weren't an accurate reflection of what was going on. In fact, one of the clients we had early on, um, she wouldn't trust what came out of that. She she'd kind of point to the computer. You don't trust what comes out of that, and she had a little yellow notepad that she kept track of the sales numbers on. Because that's what she'd been doing for years. That's how she kept track of the stuff. So she had her own version of her own financial statements, Jack, right? And it right. was working I for remember her. remember that, that little yellow pad she carried around all the time. And that's the way she was operating. They're thinking, okay, it, and people often will do. People often will do what they know how to do, right? And so they're, that's what that's what they're doing. And, and often you get, you're afraid of what's there, of things you don't necessarily understand or what's all kind of going on behind the scenes. So the financial statements is where we started. That's how we, for us, we figured, hey, if they were going to get tired going through this list, we want to make sure, if nothing else, they, they at least got us the financial statement so it didn't get lost as number six or eight or ten, right? We want to make sure, hey, if you, if you only get us one thing, that'd be the, the, the top thing for us to be able to, be able to mm-hmm. see what's kind of going on. So we touched on the organization chart a little bit earlier in terms of what we're talking about with the organization chart. That's, again, who's, who's in your company? Who's doing what in your company? All the bodies should be represented there somehow, some way. Here they are. Here's their, their title. Here's who they report to, and that gives you a great visual of what's going on in your company along with your financial statements. An hour, an hour of viewing of those two statements will give you more insight in terms of what's going on in your company than you standing out there with a baseball bat somewhere in the shadows. And I would say, Jack, what, maybe one in three, if we're lucky, one in two folks would have an organization chart somewhere within their organization, like they've they've done one at some point, right? Or, yeah, attempted and, to, and it gets all convoluted, and yeah. But they, chances are, whatever it was, it, it it's got dust on it because it hasn't been changed, or maybe there's people on that list that are on that chart that haven't been here in a couple of years, or uh, the people's duties have changed. So it's 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 not current for sure, but you know maybe one in three well, they don't know would how to have use something. It, just like the financial statements, they don't know how to use them. To have insight, confidence, the ability to make change. Yeah, they don't understand how those come together. That's right. All right, we got a few more to go through when we get back from our, our, our final break. We're up against the final break already again, Jack. But uh, we'll touch on some of these other things to give you a little more sense 
of what it means to talk business. And as we're going through our list, what these things really mean and how would you use them and, and why are we asking for them? So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And you can text us. You can text us at 440-946-9468. You got it. We got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com. Just about a year ago, I set out on the road. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the final segment here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And yes, also welcoming you is me, Jack Mancini. All right, we're going through our trip down memory lane here. We're, we're, we're getting towards the end of it where we're, we're talking about different things relates to being able to talk business. And how Jack and I were doing such a bad job of that years ago when we first started doing this, where we, we, we had a big, we didn't recognize the big chasm between big corporate business and small business and how the languages were very different. Even though in our minds, the, 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 the way to look at stuff applied to both, the folks got lost in the communication between us trying to, to, to break away from that, the, 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 the corporate world. And that's still the case today. You know, again, we like to... The kid with the suits and ties, but basically, you know, especially with small practice CPAs, they have such a great opportunity to not only endear their clients to them, but through that education of having them read, them being their clients, read back the financial statements he just prepared for them. It's such a great learning, bonding kind of thing. It just continues to shock us how very few take advantage of it. So let, me, let me touch on a couple of these. I don't know if we'll be able to get to, to the, all of the one we, we, we haven't touched on yet, Jack, to give a little more detail. What I want to make sure we touch on is the, the, what we had number eight, which is summary of your markets. Okay, so, so what do we mean there? What are we trying to say? So we talked about, and I know we've done it numerous times here on the air too, in terms of marketing and target markets and segments and understanding who good customers are for you, right? So the idea that we're asking with the summary of your markets is who are you trying to, who, who do you define as being a good customer for your business and how are you going after more folks who are like that so again it ties in very well to the marketing plan if folks have but it's understanding again who do we define as good customers and most folks can't do that easily and they often don't have a good profile of what a good customer looks like and so it becomes difficult to, to know if you're in contact with one if you're not sure what you're looking for that's right but yet the solution to that problem is very easy I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna touch on it, correct? Though, in terms of looking and breaking things out and, and profiling folks, yeah, and a little that. bit to understand what a good customer is. It's right underneath your fingernails. Every business owner should know what their their good customers look like. Not only the ones that are active with them, but the ones that they're trying to find somewhere in the world. And find things that are meaningful for you in terms of what you define as a good customer. And, and one of the things, or usually what people start with, is, is they, they look at the, the amount of sales somebody has. So they may run a, run a list out of their accounting package and say, you know, show me the top 10 or 20 customers that we have in terms of sales volume. And that's well and good, but how often do we see, Jack, we've got companies that have great sales or, or, or a lot of customers that are providing a lot of great sales for them, but they may not have very good terms. So when I say terms, in terms of how they pay. And when they pay, you know, one of the, 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 the big high fives for a lot of for a lot of companies, especially early on, is if they're able to land uh, a big customer. Maybe, maybe they landed a Fortune 1000 company as a customer. Hey, they're feeling great. Hey, this is our arrival. We're, we're here. Everything's great. 
And they get in there and realize that, well, yeah, they, they, in order to get paid by these folks, they have certain hoops you got to jump through. And they may have stated in terms of how they'd like to pay, even though your terms are maybe due upon receipt or maybe you give people 15 days to pay you or 30 days to pay you. Well, these big behemoths go, well, oh, that's, that's, that, your, <laughs> your terms are great, Jack. I'm going to push this aside a little bit. Here's how we do it. We pay 120 days. And we only write checks or we send money out once a month. And if you don't have things in by X date, then that you know that keeps expend, you know, keeps extending beyond that. And you gotta you gotta get qualified in this system here. Also, they make it very difficult for you to collect your money. And so here you are spending money today to help that Fortune 1000 company, and yet you aren't being paid for two, three, four, five months or, or beyond. All of a sudden, what may view if you just look at what the sales dollars are going to be as a, a great customer for you maybe not so great for you anymore because all of a sudden you, you aren't getting paid by these folks, right? So payment terms are a big part of that stuff. Or some people have have a problem with people actually paying <laughs> paying at all. Or people are kind of a pain in the butt to deal with. Maybe they, they, aren't, they aren't very respectful for you. So there's different things when it comes to, again, summary of, when we talk about summary of your markets, who are we looking for? And what's, you know, what are some of the characteristics that, that define what a good customer for us are going to be? And again, that, that ties in very, very well to the marketing plan and what, and what you're trying to do because again, when we say the most the most common response we ask about marketing, what kind of marketing people are doing, it's often, hey, we don't do much or, or, or really any marketing at all. It's like somehow magically, we've been in business for for for, for 22 years, Jack, and we don't do any marketing. Okay, well, what do you mean? How, how do you do that? How do people know about you? Mm-hmm. So it's getting them to kind of lay it out. But what what happened was, there aren't. There aren't plans, you know. Something, you know. Um, yeah. Plan, plan is a dirty word with the small business <laughs> owner because, you know, they're introduced to 150-page documents and, and and academia and corporate speak that are way, way overcomplicated, especially for small businesses and even big corporations. They're way overcomplicated, but they're they're better they're better executed at the higher level, if you will, the suits and ties. And the small business owners are, I think they'd like to have plans, but they don't know how to do it, and they don't want to pay for it, and they don't want to take the time to learn. Plus, the people who are trying to reach out to them really aren't effective as they should be, much like we spent this whole hour talking about our perception of the small business owner when we were first starting out in business. And we took big corporate stuff, and tried to condense it into simple stuff, but it never was simple ever, ever, well, and we never communicated. <laughs> therefore, so well, you got to get down to simple, and simple is hard. Stupid as that sounds, and I, you know, I in in our coaching today, it's I, I hold out for simple all the time, all the time, and it's just there's no reason to get into <laughs> it's, the weeds it's, it's and hard they, to get everyone there. everyone falls into the weeds real quick. Well it's, well, it's funny you mentioned business plans Jack. We were meeting with somebody earlier today and she talked about how her partner put together a business plan years ago and she referred to it. Do you remember what she called it, Jack? 150 I can't hear you. 150 page uh wait, which one? Wait. Yeah, what's well, so, so, she, she called it get, something. Do you remember what she called it? No, not the last word. <laughs> she said she called it no, she called it War and Peace. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, Remember that yeah, book? Yeah, yeah, the book yeah. Warmth, every, right, it's, it's, right. it's huge, right? So, yeah, so my partner put together, you know, it was hundred. I think it was, I think it was 108 pages. Or it was 100 plus pages, though. And she she referred to it as War and Peace. And you're thinking, 
Holy cow. That's that's where a lot of people's heads were. And in fact, it's, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the word plan, Jack. That's a word that we avoided for a while. Sure. Consciously. We, we, yeah. Right. We, we, we were aware that it was it's a four-letter word, obviously, but it was really a four-letter word for businesses. Where we, we, we knew that they were envisioning those war and peace manuals like, holy cow, why do I need to be you know doing all that crazy stuff? That's that's a waste of my time and effort, and it's gonna it's gonna just collect dust anyway. Why, you know, so why bother doing that stuff? So that's in terms of kind of the, some of the market stuff. Let me talk about the, the key management reports again, and and why these are important. So so most folks aren't looking really at, at many reports, or their version of that is, hey, I just kind of walk around. I'm there all the time. I get a feel for what's kind of going on. So I have a sense. I talk to people. That's kind of how I how I do it. Now, technology and education have come a long way in the last 15 or 20 years, and there's something that's that's got into people's um, lexicons in terms of what they're looking for. They may they may refer to these key manager reports now more as kind of uh, a dashboard or, like, flash reports. But a, right, a dashboard right. is very, very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen one before, I mean, visualize it. Maybe you've seen a, you've seen a cockpit for, for an airplane. You have, you have a bunch of instruments that are there. And for those of us who are, you know, like me who are not pilots – you're looking at those things, and maybe you understand 5% of what's on that dashboard, right? Because it's not, you know, I don't know what all this stuff means. Well, there are similar types of dashboards that, you know, softwares create, you know, whether it be, you know, your accounting software or different things that they have, where they'll try to create some visuals. The idea here, again, coming back to some key management reports, the idea is to be able to give you a feel for what's going on in your business without you having to be there 24-7. Because you can, you can again, with technology today, you can log in. You can use your smart your smart device or whatever you're going to be able to do to see what's kind of going on. And people can't, you know, BS you around, but you can see it. So what things what things do you want to know about? That's where it kind of starts. What things are if you had to pick the five most important things in your business that you that you'd want to be able to know about? That if you could have those things all delivered to you once a day on a nice here it is, Jack. Here's your here's your dashboard. Here's almost like. I, I, I'll, I'll cautiously say this word. It's almost like, like a report card, right? That, that usually you know, people don't get positive memories all the time from that stuff. But again, it's going to show you quickly. Here's the health of your business. Yeah, and you'll start to be able to manage your business and many of the variables of your business on dashboards. And isn't that isn't that something uh, that a financial statement? might do, Adam? Well, the financials are part of what starts to feed some of those things, Jack. As we know, people often, when they see a page full of numbers, their eyes start to get that kind of dazed and confused and glazed over look, right? But if I see pretty colors and charts and pie charts, and people often will prefer to see those things, Jack. Well, that's true. I can't argue with that. (sighs) All right, well... Unfortunately, the first, the fastest hour in radio and podcast sphere is, is is complete again for this week. Anyway, thank you for being part of our show. You can hear us every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you have questions before our next show, please email us, radio at MaximumVP.com, or you can give us a call, 877-849-0670. Check out it. We have a new website up. It's DirtySecretsOfSmallBusiness.com. If you missed any of this show or any of our prior shows, they're all there. We've got about 150 of them now. We've been, we've been cranking them out here for almost three years, folks. If you go there, again, DirtySecretsOfSmallBusiness.com. Hey, you can learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next week, next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com.